On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to members of Total Mass Retain. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this special edition of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friend Paul Zotter as we welcome friends of the Palaver from Total Mass Retain, Joey, Joel, and Johnny. That's right, the three J's of Total Mass Retain, back on Progressive Palaver. Gentlemen, so good to have you back. Right now, um, we we teased three J's, but right now we only have two. Um, Joel and, and Joe are with us, but we expect Johnny along literally any minute. So when he shows up, he'll just sort of naturally flow into, into the conversation. Now, here we are in January of 2023. And this is going to be one of the rare instances of progressive palaver that actually get edited and posted in almost real time because we are on the very eve of the return of Total Mass Retain to the greater Philadelphia area as uh, you guys are scheduled to perform Sunday night. Uh, that is the 22nd of January at the City Winery in uh in philadelphia and i want to say we haven't actually talked as a group since the last time you guys were in pennsylvania so um you know i I, as joel and i were discussing before we got on air um i've i've missed you guys i was thinking about i'm like we haven't talked to total mass retain in a while and then joey you reached out and said we haven't talked to you guys in a while we need to talk and so here we are very exciting yeah, thanks for having us. We can't come to Philadelphia and not talk to you guys at Progressive Palaver. You know, it's <laughs> kind of goes hand in hand. Like, it's like true. That bacon. It does go hand in hand. Chris Squire, we got to do it. That's right. And I always love talking to you guys because I always learn something, whether it's how to tune my eight string bass to play hearts or like I just did, how I can distract Joe Beauclair when he's trying to do his intro by chugging a beer on camera, which I'm going to start doing. <laughs> Every week. Well, I've got a beer in my hand, so cheers to you, fellas. Happy New Year. <laughs> the last time we did a show in your area was January 8th, 2022 at the Kenneth Flash. It was our third sellout at Kenneth Flash. So we've been, for a couple of years, getting together with you guys and doing the palaver, doing a concert, having a great time together. We built some great friendships and some memories, and so we're really excited to be back in Philly the last time we actually played Philly Philly was the July 2018 Yes Official 50th Anniversary celebration. Uh, and that, you know, is a, is a story we've told on the Palaver in the past. But this will be uh, our one-year anniversary of Johnny Bruins joining the band. And uh, there's just a lot of exciting things going on. What do you think, Joel? Ready to be back in Philly? One, one, oh, I, I love coming to Philly. Um, and this will be our first time doing doing a city winery over there. And uh, um, we've actually done a couple of city winery shows as as it is. They're great, great little venues there. And um, 
Uh, you know, I'm always eager to come out because I love coming out to Philadelphia because Philadelphia, I think, has the craziest, most awesome yes fans in the world. That I said it. I'm not taking it back. I, I said it. And, no. and I, I, you know, that's that's kind of a long-standing relationship, right? I, you mentioned it. Uh, I believe it was Joe, right? Yes's 50th anniversary, right? That whole big, you know, fan fest thing occurred in Philadelphia. It happened in two places, as I recall, one in uh, in the UK and one here. And so, um, yeah, you know, there is a special relationship for whatever reason between, you know, the city of Philadelphia and, and Yes Music, which I think is great. It's also very funny. And these two episodes are going to be published well apart from each other. But an episode that we just recorded um, last week, as a matter of fact, on a completely unrelated topic, Ken brought up the fact that a lot of the stuff with the palaver, but certainly with you guys in Total Mass Retain, stems from that that performance that you guys did. That's where, you know, I, I that's where we, you know, we first, you know, sort of came across each other, at least we came across you and, and it kind of went from there. And, you know, this, this relationship, certainly from our side, as, as I think Paul alluded to, you know, we've, we've learned an awful lot and met a lot of great people. So it, it's, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get to see another show. I haven't seen Johnny perform with the band yet, so that should be kind of cool. And almost as if he were, you know, directed Johnny Bruins is now connecting to audio. So we're going to have him here in literally just a moment. Sean, were you not at the show in January at the flash? I was unable to make that one. I want to say I, I, I live streamed it. Um, I don't yeah. remember why okay. I couldn't go. Um, but there was some reason I couldn't go, but I, I and I was trying to remember that. Cause I remember seeing Johnny. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> Hey, I'm on. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so most recent uh, TMR member Johnny Bruins just joining us. Thanks for uh, for dialing in. We were just sort of uh, reliving a little bit of the show at the Kennet Flash uh, last January. Uh, yeah, I remember it well. We were kind of saying Johnny how our TMR's second show ever was the Yes 50 anniversary event. You know, with Roger Dean and the members of Yes and Patrick Mraz and Brislin, and and that brought a lot of Yes fans together. It brought TMR to create new relationships, like with Joe and with Paul. And we, you know, did our three Kenneth Flash shows, and so now we're back in Philadelphia proper. And actually, fun fact: Johnny is a Philadelphia boy. So there's a lot of history for our band. Um, having its roots in Philadelphia in several different ways. And, of course, it's worth shouting out real quick, thank you to the New York Giants for winning and <laughs> yes. slating that the Giants and the Eagles will play on Saturday night, leaving Sunday open for the football-slash-music maniacs to enjoy a doubleheader of playoff football and, yes, music. So lot said there. But, Johnny, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, right? You were born in Philly? Yeah, uh, music on both sides of the family. Uh, my last name is Bruins, B-R-U-H-N-S, and uh, you may, if you're a big classical nut, you may know about Nicholas Bruins. He was professor of music at Leipzig University and taught Johann Sebastian Bach. Wow. 
So we're from the same area. So the story is without paperwork, you know, we're immigrants that, uh, that, yeah, he's a great, 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 great. So, uh, it would make wow. sense. Everybody in my family is either a mathematician or a musician somehow same <laughs> part of the brain, you know? Wow. Um, so uh, my mom was a choir director and she also, uh, produced musicals. And, uh, so she had me on stage at an early, early age of seven. Wow. Did LaSalle, LaSalle college. Then, uh, Dan Rodden was the director. And it's now the Dan Rodden Theater after all these years. And, uh, and that, that part laid into local and national television. And then my mom went, yank, not my little boy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so otherwise it would have been Bill Mooney or somebody. <laughs> but I really was uh, always just enthralled more so with music, even though acting came pretty easy. So uh, then, you know, fast forward and I'm 15 and I, uh, I get almost 16 and turned on to yes during a bong out. <laughs> Somebody said, saw that I had a, yeah, it's high school, 70s, come on, <laughs> give it to me. And uh, somebody sees me and they look really, look at my eye with that. Okay. You and me hung out right now. <laughs> lays, lays out about, about 20 something <laughs> measures each. So, you know, 45 little piles or something like that. An even number. And uh, we get down to about 20 each and he looks at me and I look at him, that same stare down kind of a thing. He's just, ah, all right. Let me let you listen to this. And he puts on close to the edge, you know, and wipes the disc. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. and uh, I had to hear close to the edge again consecutively. He complained it was eight. And I said, I don't care. I need to I need to try and understand what that was. So it was a very pivotal moment for me as a budding musician to to come across something that my mind could not understand. And it took a while. So then fast forward after high school, it's 12 years of Catholic school, all boys high school. And uh, we move out to California and I'm going to college and uh, I took a guitar course and it wasn't going well. Too many, too many people that didn't know how to tune their guitars. And so I just excused myself out to the quad and, you know, <clears throat> do what I do. And uh, along comes this guy and he sees me trying to pluck out close to the edge and he goes, huh, I see what you're trying to do there. Do you mind if I show you something? And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. And he starts to show me how the D minor over the root of E becomes a Phrygian mode. You know, the notes that Chris Squire plays starting with E is E, F, G, D flat and uh, D and then E again. So it's, it's a D minor scale basically, but it, it is the root of E. And that just blew my mind. And I went, ah, and then he gets closer to me. And he goes, sniff, sniff. You got any on you, man? <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe. He goes, listen, you feed my head and I'll feed yours. And he was, he was an advanced guitar professor on, on campus. Wow. <laughs> so I, I cut class and I, and I got a beeline to, to being able to play Prague. 
And, and that was, that was 77, the fall of 77, you know, and then uh, did a bunch of bands and did the, did the corporate rock and did all, all, all the things that young musicians need to do to make a few bucks. And then I got, got into tribute bands and I played a bunch of them. I was in this guy's tribute band. Hey, I saw you in that tribute band. You want to join mine? Like, oh, I got this gig. I got this gig. So before you know it, I'm in a dozen different, different tributes. And then I thought, because one of the guys at the church is where I, where I wound up doing choirs and things. And he, he goes, Hey, I'm, I'm getting married. You want to play my wedding? I go, sure. What do you need? It's just, I just need a three piece. I go, yeah, I can do that. And my regular drummer was, was gone. So he was, he was studying with Jimmy Keegan. Okay. So Jimmy Keegan says, yeah, I'll take the gig, man. And then a week before the wedding, the guy goes, do you guys know any? Yes. And I'm like, you want to hear yes at your wedding? Ooh. I said, well, listen, that's possible. I understand that the drummer has a high voice. So I asked Jimmy, yeah, man, I can sing this or I can sing that, you know. And so we did all good people. And I just shook my head after we did this number as a three piece, three part vocals. I played the keyboards and, you know, for the transition and then just guitars. And it sounded like yes, like tribute bands. huh? But if I had my choice, and that's where that all started. And that was 2004. And uh, I started studying to play it live. Wow. Uh, so that's that's how long I've been doing Yes Music. And some of you may know that uh, it went farther than I ever thought it would. Because in 2008, I, I found myself in studio with Chris Squire and Alan White and Benoit David and a buddy of his and uh, playing Yes songs with Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm I'm with my buddies. I got Joey over here, and uh, and and Joel, and uh, Joey and I have known each other uh, since I toured with Yoso. So after 2008, I played with Yes. That went really well. I, I don't tell all about that. I don't want to make any waves, but it went really, really well. And you know that old adage: "Who's in the lineup? Well, whoever shows up for rehearsal." And it was almost true. <laughs> But but I knew it wasn't supposed to be. But even though even that in that moment I, I saw what was going on, how excited Chris was because I could do Trevor and I could do Steve, you know, and I can play keyboards and I can sing. And uh, he just, you know, I like this guy. So that wasn't the last time that we would work together. But I knew in the moment it wasn't it wasn't about joining Yes, but that my path was changing. Yeah. So out of the church music and in, into something very ethereal and so yeah then the, the next thing that happened was i got a call to join yoso and uh, i talked to tony k on the phone after uh hooking up with my buddy scott connor the drummer and uh, he, he i said do you, do you need me to bring a guitar a guitar um no I, I, I mean i think we just want to talk i mean we know you can play i'm like they're they're doing homework on me <laughs> so that was pretty cool and and uh, so we meet with them and he goes you know i'm i know you can do the steve howell stuff but there's also going to be some luthiker licks to do as well and then there's going to be the trevor rabin stuff i said and i said well listen man i'm not a steve howell clone and tre and tony in british fashion goes well we don't want you to be a steve howell clone we want you to be a Trevor Rabin clone. <laughs> <laughs>
And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. So, uh, yeah, and he, he doesn't sound anything like his family, whom I met on the Yoso tour. He's, yes, I'm Americanized, but he's, he sounds more like he's from Cambridge or some shit like that. <laughs> more like Newton than Cambridge. <laughs> Newton, yeah, maybe. If I may, uh, John, I'm not sure if there's more to the tale, and we can certainly keep revolving, but it was another example of, you know, you guys were buddies with Mark. We had great times with Mark together at your house, Paul, you know, in and around the shows. And as Mark decided to move on, really just two months before the January 8th, 2022 show, there really wasn't a lot of options in terms of where we could turn. And because I had developed a great relationship with Johnny from when he was in Yoso and many times that I had gone to LA, we spent time together. We jammed in the studio. There was, there was a brotherhood and there was a shared passion. And I had called Johnny probably, you know, at the, towards the end or middle of November to say, look, you know, Mark's left the band. We're trying to figure out what to do. We're booked at Kenneth flash. We're booked at the Iridium. And it didn't take much time in the conversation for Johnny to say, well, why don't I come out and play those shows with you guys and let's yeah. see what happens. Well, first, first I go, listen, man, I don't know anybody in your area that can handle that. And he said, well, that's why I'm calling you. And I go, oh, oh well, that's the way I remember it. Yeah. Well, exactly. We're having a separate conversation about that more or less the same weekend. It's like, you know, we're like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, you know, band stuff and I'm like, you know, whatever we do, whoever we replace Mark with, it has to make us a better band. It has, we, it, we can't take any steps backward. We want to continue moving forward. And I, I had, had, had mentioned Johnny, you know, sort of as a, geez, if we, could, if we could only get somebody like Johnny Bruins to, to like come and play with us. And then that was when Joey had told me that he was talking to you. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. it's love here. We love we love each other, first of all. Um, right. And that that's that's golden in a band. You don't always get that. Hopefully when like when we're like get really rich doing this, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it won't it won't uh, you know, fester any wounds or anything like that, like, yeah. like a lot of bands go through, but but uh, I don't see any of that happen. I see it's just that's the first thing. And that's what I said with Chris too. I said, you know, Chris, um, it's really very enriching to me to be band members and friends, but I have to choose one. It's friends because we can't be band members forever, man. He goes, yeah, you're right. And that's in the context of what he went through with John. And that's yeah. a, that's a lesson that we can all learn. It's like, you know, stay brothers. Yeah. In, the end of it, in the end of it, the music is, is just uh, an expression of, of what's between us all. And, and we're here to protect the music speaks to us in in a similar way i mean it, it, you know yeah. we're not you know we're you know we didn't just like gather down the block you know joey's in the bronx and terry's in, in you know it, you know over in new york state and john's in new jersey and johnny's in la and i'm in massachusetts you know so we 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 got you know we step up and, and it's like you know when we're there we're you know we're we're there to play to play yes music because because it's like it's something that we've i think we've always all of us, if I can speak for all of us for a second, except for maybe Terry, um, were, had always dreamed of being in Yes or being part of yeah. the Yes family. I say not Terry just because, you know, he's not he's not as hardcore as, 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 you know, this is 
a lot of this a lot of the yes stuff that we're doing is is still kind of new to him so he's like he's exploring it and we're like sort of like exploring it too through his eyes you know trying to tr you know trying to like let him know <clears throat> song is important because it led to this and this what this happened no, it's it's kind of like taking your kids to, to Disneyland. That's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Convincing Terry as to why we needed to do Close to the Edge, The Remembering, Awaken, Gates of Delirium. The latest one is how many freaking lyrics are there in Going for the One? So <laughs> now I want to, I want to. I want to request a TMR pause. You've got three of the most talkative people in the world on the palaver right now. So I'm going to kick this over to PZ and JB. Nice. You've heard a lot from us already. We're excited to be here, but let's give you guys a chance to tell us, you know, what, what do you want to talk to us about? Well, the first thing that, that I want to uh, uh, hear is like, you, you know, clearly you mastered, you know, putting all of this together uh, from parts of the greater New England area and, and across you know a couple of state boundaries but now we're talking time zones so i'm curious as to i mean obviously you all have a a, a love of the music and a and previous experiences but you know playing it on your own and, and being prepared is one thing getting together and, and finding chemistry is something different so how does that all happen like how how does it is it just like let's run in a room and and work on things for a few hours before the gig, or do you guys actually get time to get together, or are you using some sort of crazy technology to uh, to rehearse across the uh, across the uh, continent here? We spend a lot of time talking to each other uh, when we can't get together. Joey and John and Terry and I will get together and work work things out so that when Johnny comes and plays with us, that we're all already basically at the same starting point of of really blending it together and making it real, you know, yeah. uh, you know, since Johnny's on the same page, he's, you know, I think we're all doing it for the same reasons and we all kind of do our homework and, you know, we want to, we want to show up ready to, ready to rock the house. Cause we only have that one day together before we, before we do a show, you know? Yeah. I guess it's not like, yeah, we only need one rehearsal. That's not it. We need three <laughs> rehearsals, but We've got day jobs, we've got families, we've got lives. And in the meantime, we're making it work. And in terms of how it works, you know, Johnny came over and we did one rehearsal. And then we went the next day to Kennett Square and, you know, we sat around the table to have a pre-show meal. And, and Johnny looked over and essentially paraphrasing, he said, so, you know, if you guys are ready to be in a band, I'm ready to be in this band. We didn't even do the show yet because it just worked musically, personally, and the chemistry was there. So we bust our asses, we get ourselves ready, and we do have pretty much one long rehearsal. And no, it doesn't mean that we play everything note for note perfect, because you need a little bit more experience together to, you know, we played Awaken at Prague on the Ranch with one rehearsal, and yeah, it was 94% correct, you know? But, you know, that's 6%. We want to make up that difference. Now it's 99.9% .9 on a day that we're on. So we just have that chemistry, wouldn't you guys say? Yeah, I'm confident about this next one. I yeah. know what I'm supposed to know. The set list for Philly <laughs> is crazy. When I tell you... You always that say that, set, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I know, because we do change... Well, that's true. Every show we bring out, 
we do make it crazy. When we said we were doing the Iridium on 2020-2020, and we did side two of Relayer for, for the first time a band did it since 1976, we weren't wrong when we said it, right? We were not. So oh. we are going to rock so hard the first set, and then the second set come out and play three epics. So, it's, I mean, it's going to be pretty wild. Wow. Three epics. All right. I'm excited by this. I don't know which ones, but it'll there'll definitely be three of them. It'll be, it'll be three of them. Just kind of figure it out as once you get on stage, right? Well, I mean, there's you know, at, at this stage of the game, there's 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 at least one or two that that are like on the must playlist. I think you know, uh, be, you know, just as much as like you know, yes has to play Roundabout and Starship Trooper, you know, on uh, at their shows. You know, there's things that we also want to throw. You know, we we also want to throw a bone to like you know people like us that like know every note of that 1978 recording at Wembley and know it religiously and know where, where the stops are and, and, and all that other stuff. And to be able to communicate that, you know, to be able to communicate that amongst us, right. It's we all understand what that means. You know, we don't have to go, well, what are you talking about? I mean, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll send Terry some YouTube videos and my God, Terry is just like, you know, for somebody who is just opening up to yes, he gets it. He totally gets it. I mean, he's got the spiritual uh, side to him, and you know, he 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 focuses and he knows how to focus on getting the getting the stuff right. And uh, you know, he just blows us away every time he comes in and sings. Makes it easier to get our shit together. You know, <laughs> uh, we we don't want to let him know how important he is. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell him all the time. That's, I call Terry every day and I tell him how beautiful uh, his hair is. And how lovely he is to look at his ass from behind the drums. That's the kind of stuff that keeps him motivated to learn the next 12 minute song. It really does. It really does. Um, the, the less said about that, the better, though, because it's just going to go into some blue territory. And, you know, we got some kids in the room. Johnny, I had a, a quick question. Our, uh, our compadre in crime here, Ken Gregory, is not, is not able to join us tonight. But he shared with us uh, in our group chat, I think maybe a post that you had um posted um and i think i was reading it quickly as i was going from one place to the next but i think it mentioned something about you purchasing several new guitars for <laughs> for uh whether i don't know if it was this show or whether it was for the well, show last year the post uh, was yeah it was in comparison to what i did last year last year i, I started the band i brought three guitars one modeling guitar the main gibson and uh and the steel that i have next to me uh but now i have the string master double steel from 1964. Ooh, wow i've also got uh an acoustic electric 12 string because i'm not going to use a modeling guitar for a 12 acoustic 12 string sound not nice. good enough for me might be for some but not me <laughs> and, and, and then uh i also have an electric 12 because i just um i'm a real purist when it comes to 12s and then uh, I also bring the Spanish lute, which uh, shows up uh, on the credits of Yes albums as Portuguese guitar. Mm. And I had this conversation with Chris Squire, and I showed him my first one. And I said, uh, you know, I've had a really hard time finding one of these because you guys call this a Portuguese guitar when, in fact, it's really a Spanish loud, la oud. You know, the oud came from uh, Persian trade routes that they that they had in spain there <clears throat> and they called it laud and and so it's got this six course double stringed instrument and then it made its way to germany and they called it the lute and 
So it's the grandfather of the guitar. Mm. And I said, so why do you guys call it a Portuguese guitar? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the story that I do here is that Steve's sister bought it for him when she was in Portugal. So mm. that must be Portuguese. There you go. There you go. There you go. Makes cool. Sense. So well, in I'm, summary, exci- I'm excited to see all the gear, uh, new and old. Johnny's got 80% of the guitars he needs on the East Coast. He brings about 20, 25% of them with him, but he's also got the other versions of them on the West Coast. So we are secretly plotting what a California slash West Coast TMR extravaganza could be like. There's no date booked, but there are people and connections and history. I mean, Johnny did run a Yes Tribute band out of the greater LA area, by the way, which featured John Davison before John Davison joined Yes. And if we get Johnny started on that, we're going to need a four hour. We're going to need a double album podcast. (laughs) Um, But the facts are the facts that, you know, John Davison is a great friend of Johnny's who worked very closely with Johnny, aware of the fact that Chris and co were once again looking. And, you know, as you heard from Johnny about his experience with Chris, Chris, you know, sought Johnny's feedback on a few things there. And John Davison, uh, Taylor Hawkins, that whole crew, Johnny also played with Taylor Hawkins. So, I mean, it's kind of exciting to be able to say, Hey, Joel, isn't it freaking crazy that Johnny's in the band with us now? And after all this history and all these things we've been through and, you know, now we're the band that's going to rock Philly on Sunday. And there's just uh, a lot of heart and soul that goes into making this possible. That's for sure. Yeah, it, 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 it really, really, you know, focuses up, focuses us and makes make, you know, we kind of elevate it, bring it up a notch uh, because a we're really excited to play with Johnny. So that, you know, that, that gig is just pure adrenaline of like, Oh my God, we're finally playing this live with Johnny. Uh, and you know, the fact that he wanted to play with us in the first place. I mean, I, I, I think and it just feels right at the same time, you know? Uh, but I ask myself that question every day, like what, what's going on here? And I, you know, every day I'm like, Oh my God, Johnny Bruins is, is, is playing in a band with us and we're playing in a band with him. Now hold on there, young squire. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a bit of the man in you. And, um, you know, I, I've said this before, and I don't care really who you are. You're going to play Yes Music Live, number one. You got cojones. You got to have confidence to be able to, to even attempt to do that in front of people because it's, it's a lot to, to focus upon. It's a lot to understand, first of all. It's a lot to get muscle memories when you're talking thousands of notes in sequence the right way. Um, So I I give props to anybody that's going to do this. But as Joey spoke before, when I got in a room with you guys, what I saw was like-mindedness. So I'm not really comfortable with you guys putting me in on, on any pedestal. Uh, That's that maybe that was a private conversation, but you're, you're pretty good at that. Thanks for having us. Uh, I mean, it's, it's more, it's more like, uh, I think, you know, automatically now that, he's come over to, to, to us, you know, it only makes sense that we try to try to come to him and, and maybe do some gigs on his, uh, you know, in, in, in his uh, neighborhood, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll point out that the uh, progressive palaver does have uh, representation in the greater Los Angeles area as well. So, 
you know, we're here for you on both coasts. Aw, right. <laughs> sounds like a party. <laughs> there are a lot of good places that I'm sure we'll be able to play at in, in, in L.A. And, you know, we know that there's a big yes, a big contingent of yes fans out there that, you know, love the band as much as we do. So, yeah, yeah. I've it seen only- yes at the Greek and ARW and I've been to the California shows for many years. There's a crew of people called the yes liquor locusts. And that's because they make the liquor disappear fast. And that's, that's going back to like Gosh. the early two thousands, like when yesfans.com like preceded Facebook and yes, fans gatherings were taking place. That was a magical time. Even in between, yes, touring in 0304 and then sort of being on hiatus, you had the scene and you had Circa and you had these things keeping the scene alive, so to speak. So there's a huge contingent of people that we know in that area, not to mention Johnny lives there. So, you know, right now we're, we're exploring where can we grow. So after we do Philly on Sunday, um, our next show is sunday march 5th which is the first weekend of march obviously but it's chris squire's birthday on the fourth so we're planning a big chris squire birthday weekend tribute sort of event um by the way johnny and joel we need to have a conversation i've got crazy cool ideas to bounce off you guys things that i feel chris would want to do but that's of course in my own insane head and that's the one thing that's kind of funny right so joel's a scientist johnny's a scientist john ritwiger is a scientist by the way it's the four j's but there's the three blondes it's joel john and uh, johnny and, and terry but um when we put our heads together to figure out what the hell are we going to do next there's so many ideas and so many passions and so like you know we have to kind of do the wheel of fortune and spin what are we going to land on next you know <laughs> oh, probably something like something like that you know <laughs> yeah that was onward we yeah. started to get into that at one point but we've got six weeks johnny Bruins, so we've wow. got to put some thoughts together learn it i mean you know just to explore this a little bit live i mean you did play although in a different key you did play hold out your hand you by my side with chris guire taylor hawkins john davison uh matt brown and, and claudio pronounce the italian last name for me Pass event, okay. So you have performed Hold Out Your Hand, You By My Side. Joel, John, and I did a rigmarole version of that down at Prague at the ranch. So, you know, maybe behind the scenes, we will try to convince Johnny Bruins that we want to do a version of Hold Out Your Hand. That could be, but there's so many things that we all want to do, so we just don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Yeah. I, either way, anybody that, that that loves Chris Squire is going to love this that that show. It's going to be a special one. I mean, they're all special. I, we and, we yeah. always. And, and where is or will that show be? At Sunday, Darryl. March fifth, at uh, a great venue called Daryl's House, which we're very excited to play at. Daryl's House is famous because 
it's Daryl from Hole and Oats, you know, and he's got a venue that that I think is featured on a bunch of TV shows. I, mean, I don't know if yeah. it was MTV or VH1, but there's live from Daryl's house that's been on TV, and and it's a very famous venue in that sense. So we're pretty excited to be there. Actually, I just met with them today. They're doing a huge marketing campaign now that we're six weeks out. So nice, you know, we're going to sell a million tickets and get rich, like Johnny said, and then buy some Rolls Royces like Chris Choir, and then you know, Rolls break Royces. up. Okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're all going to drive to LA. I like where that. you're going and with your Rolls Royces. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do drive to LA in the Rolls Royce train, make sure you you know come down through Texas so we can hang out a little bit on the way. Giddy up. Yeah. So nice. We always have crazy good conversations. Ken always asks great questions. So I just want to say, Ken, we miss you, bud. We know you're here in spirit. What, Joe or Paul, what would Ken ask? Because he he's going to probably be at the show Sunday, right? Remains probably. to be seen. Okay. Is, um, so I, Ken always has great questions that I can never fathom. Um, we are a very in, in a, sort of a forward-thinking uh, conversation right now. Jo- Joey is the ultimate premonition promoter one mention of something in california and he's talking about a, a tmr tour of the west coast which i love um not to be outdone uh by your dad joe who who um absconded some airtime with uh philadelphia local uh personality radio personality michael smarconish yeah um, he listens to smarconish every day not you know, and he's called in before. And, Hi, this is Mike Cassano from the Bronx. I'm the yeah. super fan of Yes. You know, he always introduces himself that way. Yeah, that was um that was pretty uh pretty priceless when he literally you know in the middle of his comment promoted the City Winery show and uh, and God bless Mike Smarconish. He just went along with it and just was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that's that's great. Totally off topic. I mean, they were talking I would love about to some- invite him to the show. I mean, he's a he's huge not- Yes fan. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned premonitions. Ever had one? <laughs> I'm trying to channel what could I, what I could be hearing Sunday yeah, what, night. What, what can we expect? Uh, I've I have uh, I've had several dozen of them over a, a period of many years since I was 17. Uh, I, I once uh, foresaw that I would party with Chris, and that happened in my van. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, I also told John Davison before before he was called that he was going to be getting a call 10 days before he got the call to join Yes. I also told Billy Sherwood that he would be in Chris's station. And I didn't know how that was going to happen. And I was really, you know, I, I was ripped when it when it happened. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't mean stoned. I mean, I mean, it tore me apart. So we're going to honor Chris. You know, every time that we play, we're going to honor Alan every time that we play. And we're going to honor our friends, my former bandmates and their friends. And yes, as they are today, we're always going to do that. We're not we're not here to say that, oh, we're as good as yes or we're we're here to just celebrate the music for all that it's been and will be. Yeah, we just we just play it it the way it should be played. Play it right. You know, (laughs) and and the and the uh, perspective of premonition is that the future is now, man. It is what it is. It's going to happen. In, in some regards, it already has. Depends on your perspective. And so we have this linear one. And trust me, it's going to happen. Change is going to come. <laughs> I love it. Can't wait. We'll be singing that on Sunday. 
Yeah, so when we, one of the games that we always like to play when we talk to Total Mass Retain in the lead up to a show is, you know, what surprises does this set list have that we're going to go, are you kidding me? Well, we are, okay, Joel explains it very well, right? Our approach to choosing songs with Johnny is a combination of what have we already played what has Johnny already played? What's the common denominator, right? We did, realistically speaking, with Mark, we rehearsed every week. When we put the remembering together, well, you can't put the remembering together in one rehearsal, right? So we look at what can we bring out that this audience hasn't seen. So there's things that we've never played together. Then there's things that TMR with Johnny has never played together. So there's things that are net new for TMR, there's things that are net new for TMR with Johnny. So like half the first set we've never played together or never played at all. And then, like I said, the second set has three epics. I mean, you know, let's play the game. You each get to pick one and I'll tell you if it's in the set list. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one thing that I'm really excited about with this, with this set of material is that we are playing something that, uh, that hasn't been played by Yes since, I don't know, some other time. Uh, not since 2000, I think, or 2001. So, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, uh, Johnny playing a, 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 a mean pedal steel, a mean uh, steel guitar on stage. You know what that can only mean? Nice. And so, is that so real quick, aside from the epics, um, I think. Joe, I think you mentioned uh, at the on, on the onset. Uh, I think since the last time we talked, or around the time, uh, Yes has put out a new album. Has yeah. there been um, an inclusion of uh, anything from the new album that that has uh, that you guys have uh, piqued interest? Because uh, presumably it's something that you know neither one of you guys played we, before. We have jammed things off the new album, but we we were actually rehearsing the Ice Bridge. But then we lowered it on the priority list for now. Um, and again, there's there's just so many ideas that they can't all come to fruition. But, I mean, I heard John Ritwiger's programming for all the keyboard parts. Mm. And if you go and you listen to that album, I mean, Jeff's sounds and even some of the sequences in the Ice Bridge, I mean, they're really great. So John's, John Ritwiger's already got it all programmed, but we're not doing anything off the new album for this show. We probably won't do anything off the new album for the Chris Squire show, but beh behind that, you know, we will reconsider what from the new album we wanted to bring to light. I mean, just for example, in 2018, we did do Subway Walls. Yeah, um, right. You know, to which Jeff responded, "Oh, Jeff, that's the first time ever bands perform Subway Walls." I think you know. So I don't <laughs> know why it sounds like a Beatle. Forgive my accent, but you know, Jeff was sort of like. That was the first and last time a band played Subway Walls. So we want to do the newest stuff. It's it, There is only so much you can fit in one show. And to play the epics we're playing in Philly, um, two of which we've, you know, we've played close to the edge because that's sort of our signature thing, right? You hear the total mass retain. I mean, there's just something about that song, that album, that we can't get rid of it, but two of the epics we've never played in the Philly area before. So, you know, we're going to blow the roof off with that. And I said, the first set, it rocks hard. 
So there's stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we are going to kick ass that whole first set. Ooh, yeah. Covering a lot of decades in that one set. Won't lie. Absolutely. That's spectacular. Yeah, absolutely cannot wait for that. Um, especially given my travel itinerary for this. Um, but Total Mass Retain has never failed to make my travel worthwhile. So Wow. I did not know that, Joe. It's going to be really nice to shake your palms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I think the um your Johnny, your first show with the band at the Kenneth Flash last year, I think was the first time they played in Pennsylvania that I didn't see them. No. Mm. Yeah, it was the first time that I played in Pennsylvania that you didn't see us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see you because I live streamed that show. Um but I was not there in uh, in the flesh. But I will be there on Sunday. Very much looking forward to that. Um, Very cool. What's your favorite beer? What's my favorite beer? Um, it's it's embarrassing to say say this, and it's probably a little nostalgic because I live in Texas. But uh, yeah, I've I've taken a big shine to Yingling. Um, All right, really, I, really I enjoy it. And and Yingling I'm just has. Glad you didn't say Bud Light. No, no, <laughs> Yingling actually has gone absolutely batshit crazy with their marketing. Um, they started selling here in Texas probably about a year ago, and it's freaking everywhere now. It's really kind of refreshing. Joey's got me on Stella Artois lately. I, I got a 12 in the, in the fridge. Uh, I, you know, I've done Stella. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. It, was, it was November 2011. I was in the UK for the first time, and God bless Malcolm Burkett, one of my best friends, one of Johnny's dear friends. Malcolm turned to Alan White and said, Alan, the first beer of the tour, man, what you having? And Alan ordered a Stella, and I ordered a Stella, and I never looked back. So <laughs> I, I don't drink a Stella without, even when he was alive, but, you know, God rest his soul as well, Alan. Whenever I drink a Stella, I cheer that to Alan White because he's the man who turned me on to Stella. And I'm so lucky I've had a lot of Stellas with Alan White. So That is wonderful. You know, we get Very to share nice. our Stellas and tip them in the direction of those gentlemen. And, you know, Joel, Joel's more of a scotch and a bourbon guy, as you all know. <laughs> when I was out with Tony, it was Grand Marnier. Oh, really? There's a story wrapped around that. And I think there's some <laughs> video, too, out there. We came upon this uh, outdoor cafe in Strasbourg, France. Oh, sure. And we're with Bobby Kimball. And, you know, he's what, from, like, Mississippi. <laughs> Hi, we're Americans. Do you speak English? <laughs> And this Mater D with a with a towel over his arm, he's everything you think he should be. Rolls his eyes at us all, and I, I just went, "Pardonnez-moi, je parle français en petit." And he was like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> so I spoke with him, and I was a kind of a go-between for the party. And at the end, I, I asked him to build me a Sunday, and I just named the ingredients because I didn't know what Sunday was, or or if they even have that word. So he brings out this work of art, and I asked him about creme de menthe, but he didn't have that. So I, I said, "Oh." So I thought, "Well, uh, you know, je voudrais some, la, you know, la, la, la grande manière. Oh, oui, 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 oui. So he brings out this beautiful Sunday at the end of the meal. Everybody else is done. It's just me and a swath of grande manière. And I go, a little sip, start dripping all the rest of it all over. 
Tony just gets right up in my face, close enough to kiss me, and goes, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> so it you became Community Tony. Sunday on an off day. You do a great Tony K voice, I will admit. Who do you do that's you do a really good Chris too? And you know, it's funny about Chris because when I was working with him and we were at Foo Fighter Central with Taylor and John and Matt Brown and Claudio, everybody was doing Chris. And he's off, you know, on the other side of the room, just watching all of us going, Yeah, I'll get that on the character. <laughs> I mean, the S yes guys are characters. Joel and I we were actually watching the video the other night laughing about it we as part of the cruise to the edge had done like Mraz put a song on the late night live jam that happens on cruise to the edge for those who aren't familiar it's like a project managed grid where you get to say hey i'm a passenger and between 12 a.m and 2 a.m i'm submitting a song that i want to jam with other passengers in the cruise line provides a full backline. It's a really, really wonderful thing that Cruise to the Edge and On the Blue and people like our great friend Rob Rutz who run the thing with help from a lot of our friends, including Joel. So anyway, Patrick Moraz puts on a refugee song and Joel and I jump on it. Yeah, we're going to jam with Patrick Moraz. And two days before the cruise, we get an email. He almost can't read the email without hearing it in his voice. Joel, Joel, my friend, we're going to play on the cruise. It's going to be unbelievable. And, and goes, but by the way, we're not going to play the refugee song that you guys have been rehearsing probably to get ready to play with me. We're going to do Kashaka from the story of I. It's going to be a jam. So literally, like the next day we get on a plane, we go to the cruise. The next day, Patrick's like, we're going to jam. We're going to, we're going to rock out. And he goes to the piano and he's showing us what he wants to do. And we honestly don't know what the hell he wants to do. So we just literally are jamming with Patrick Moraz and our friend Mark DeGregory is doing percussion. And we just, just jam with Patrick. He's another character off the handles. And so we, we get together and, you know, I think we're being very, we're being very open with you guys about yes stories, but it's actually difficult because there might be somebody out there saying these freaking jerks think that they're so cool because they have stories and that's okay i mean not everybody wants to hear it but i say take a fucking ike man we got <laughs> stories and you know we do love to sit together with our stellas and drinks and we just share all these great stories with each other and that's really motivating when it comes time to go do a show it was like these are the guys we love and we've been so blessed to have situations and relationships and experiences and that carries forward into, you know, we just love doing what we do. We love when we play. And so Total Mesh Retain in 2023 has some exciting things coming. And we're going to kick some ass. Yes. <laughs> so I, I getting back to, you know, this conversation that I had with Chris and, what and you know, tagging on what jo Joey was saying is, you know, name dropping. Uh if that's a perspective the way i'm way i see it is these are my friends and they happen to have names yeah and that's, what, that's who we're talking about you know and, johnny and bruins is always dropping my name I have. well you know it's if there's if there's one thing that, that i've uh, um if there's one thing i've learned over the last uh, few years of uh, of this podcast and and meeting many characters such as yourselves is that the, the understanding of really what a tight-knit community, um, the progressive rock community really is, right? So I think 
the more people get to know um, progressive rock, the more they realize it, it's a pretty tight knit bunch. And it's, I, it's, I have to tag on that. I wonder how many other genres have fans that really have relationships with so right. many of the artists. But in prog rock, you see that. And yeah. that's one of the things that I love about the fans that are just, they're, they're intelligent people, you know? They, Although they, they get it. It's, it's good. We did get some bad news the other day. Somebody commented on one of our videos that they just couldn't look because Joel was a lefty and it wasn't authentic enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it was actually kind of cute. The guy talked about how amazing everything sounded. He said, by the way, I just can't get over the fact that your bass players are lefty and we were just dying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, it, it's I, it's a fair point. I feel the same way about the about Michael Rutherford in the musical box, you know. Although I do covet his his double neck because I can play it, but like a left handed, you know, Michael Rutherford, does it does the same thing. And but they're wearing the costumes. They've got the sets. They're trying to like right. create. A, we're not right. even trying, you know, pass this off as yes. We're just right. You know, but the thing is, since we all grew up with yes, we sort of like kind of you know gleaned their like their mannerisms and their swagger when we played this stuff you know it's not like we we decided hey you know we're gonna go and learn this song it's we already know this song we're gonna figure out how to play it you know the famous yeah. queen nation is the same way guitar players lefty same side <laughs> of the stage yeah yeah i mean the, the funny thing is like I, I i used to do sound for beatles tribute band and i never worked with a beatles tribute band if they had a right-handed paul you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I really get just right out. Goodbye <laughs> to the guy on the uh, on the YouTube's, but you know how you know how that just turns into nothing that you'd ever want to go down well. You know, um, you know. Sorry for being left-handed, guys, but you know, <laughs> it does go to show you though. Like everyone's got a perspective, everyone's got a detail, and we are that nitpicky about the details as well. So. You know, I want to sing the the harmony the way Chris sang it in 1997, and Johnny's talking about a sound that three of five three of the five of us never really picked up off of the album version, and you know, Terry listened to a version that John changed the lyrics, and he's wondering if that's a cool idea, but then he tells us he's just kidding. Shut up, you know. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's um, we're planning we're planning some mistakes. No, I'm just kidding. We, we really are having a blast. We're having a blast doing this. And I know I keep going back to that, but the, the fact of the matter is that when people come to a TMR show, they're having a blast. I'm not saying we're 100% perfect. We could use more rehearsal. We could use more time. But at the end of the day, we're confident about we're going to have one kick-ass rehearsal on Saturday. We're going to roll into Philly Saturday night. We're going to load in at the city winery Sunday afternoon and we're going to blow the place away. So, you know, go to totalmassretainedband.com or go to citywineryphiladelphia.com to get your tickets. They are selling out fast because a lot of people were waiting to see when the Eagles were playing. So, <laughs> I mean, the ticket sales jumped pretty big and we're expecting almost a sellout. So we're, we're hoping to uh, get people to make their decisions now. Go select your seat and, uh, Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. It's going to be wild. I just never thought that football would play into the equation. 
to be honest. <laughs> well, it is Philadelphia, oh, you know. It, it is Philadelphia. We had some fun times where all of us had gigs canceled in October because of, of the Phillies playoff run and World Series uh, appearance. Yeah, so, it's not like shut. Paul can expect something good out of the Flyers, so he's got to really focus oh, on the Oh, come on, you had to go there, huh? Yeah. Jeez. They've been winning lately, so... You can't kick me in the shin from where you are right now. <laughs> uh, we don't get the same thing. Whenever the Sox are, 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 are playing, it's like, in fact, they, the venues actually have more bands. So Joe, Joe and Paul, let me ask you guys a question. If And it doesn't have to be for this Sunday show, right? But you've been to shows where we've played songs that yes hasn't done since the albums came out right and that's sort of our mantra yeah well, we did was 50 we agreed with management that we wouldn't play what they were playing and you know frankly when you saw us do side two of relayer the reason we didn't do the whole album is because yes we're playing gates of delirium on the summer tour right so we've we've done our fair share to not attempt to draw a comparison but we've also gone out of our way to say what are things that yes fans really want to hear brother of mine future times rejoice on the silent wings of freedom it can happen hearts the more we live let go subway walls open your eyes you know things from the first album the remembering side tour of relayer what what is left for tmr that you guys as crazy prog fans and crazy yes fans what what do you guys think when you when you have a wish list of if only TMR were playing X? Paul, you want to take this? I've got I've got wow. two right off the top of my head. Me too. Well, go go for it, man. All right. So my this my two would be um, Turn of the Century Ooh. and Homeworld. Homeworld, oh, nice. Oh, I like this guy. Homeworld. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I, I could hit I, Homeworld 95% or better right now. Joey, for real, the, 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 the other day at rehearsal, we were literally talking about uh, Homeworld in some, into some other yes. So we're, again, on the same yeah. page. Johnny, uh, what, what do you got under your thumbs there, Johnny? You got Turn of the Century under your thumbs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember Paul when we did um, when we did our show many many years ago at this point on going for the one and and the experience of turn of the century I still have ever since that episode I I experienced that song in a completely different way it's so spectacular um, uh, yes. I feel that way after having seen the three album tour because I mean I was the kid who thought like you know I want to hear Lift Me Up because, and you and I boring, Dad, but I was also six, okay? <laughs> so, so, Turn of the Century is one of those songs that I, it doesn't rock, right? But when Yes did it live in the three album tour and just even watching Alan vibing with the song, I was like, holy shit. So I have a totally different perspective of that as well. To see Johnny and Joel and John and Terry perform that i would sit there at the drum set and just be in like another dimension yeah yes. that would be phenomenal you need to keep in mind that yes has said that that's their most difficult piece to pull off live yeah i gotta remember where alan does ting 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 it's in there somewhere it's the codependence and it's and it's the various you know parts that come in and out it, yeah. really, it really cruxes upon what one member does and then the rest of you have to have to catch what he does and you I would know, love, I would love Sherwood to get yes to do Homeworld, Paul, but I don't know if it'll happen. 
I think I think Homeworld is in our wheelhouse for a future consideration. And turn of the nice. century, I mean, we talked about doing all of Going for the One because, well, we're doing Going for the One. We've done Wonder Stories. You know, everybody kind of knows parallels. There's some things to nail together. We've never played it live together. And we are playing Awaken. So, I mean, we thought about all of Going for the One. It's one of those other things that are in the hopper. But, Joe, what about you? What are your two before you change your mind too many times? Uh, <laughs> I haven't. Um, actually, I was just listening to live version of this today, and that would be Mind Drive. Absolutely love that song. And virtually anything off Magnification. Um, I think Magnification is exceptionally um, ignored as an album, and I just find it to be absolutely delightful. Johnny and I pumped Magnification live from Songus the last time we were together, and they, Alan and Chris, really rocked that song live. It's beautiful cover to cover and my favorite would be the, when, when when steve sometimes did the magnification that little harmony that i just yeah. want to do for fun anyway magnification would be on the table for me quick interjection i went to the alan white tribute well joel actually joel and i both went um i wasn't part of performing in the grand theater that they did at the Paramount, where they had all the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. But I did, the day before that, perform with Alan's band White at what they call the Salmon Days Festival, which Alan participated in many years in a row. He was the uh, the Grand Marshal of the, of the festival. And actually, it was really cool because I got to share the stage with Jay Shellen and a great friend of Alan's called Reek Havoc. So Jay did In the Presence Of with White mm. and Damn, that's another one that hits you in the feels. It's such a beautiful song. Right. Wow. I, I, and you and I is, to, is the ultimate for me in, in that. Yes. And, and Awakens, another story that's got a lot more involved. It rocks in certain areas. But but in terms of just the feels type of a song, yeah. Um, you know, turn of the century and in the presence of. And yeah, magnification. All those things are just so it, mixed. You said mind drive. We did yeah. a, a fan poll in 2022 to see what our next epic would be. And we, we actually, we played the gates of delirium at Prague stock, which was um, formerly known as Columbus day weekend <laughs> in um, <laughs> New Jersey at, at the Prague stock festival, which we've been part of for several years. And for those who are in the Northeast or for those who travel for Prague rock, you got to check out Prague stock. It's a really cool festival. Uh, our friends Tom and Ann, you know, created a do-it-yourself. Once Rosfest moved from the Pennsylvania area down to Florida, it just opened up the door, and now you know, Prague Stock is the premier festival uh, in the Northeast. But anyway, we Mind Drive was ahead. Um, <clears throat> we had put, we wanted to control it so that we had enough votes to make it meaningful. So we put Revealing Science of God, Ritual, Mind Drive, and Gates of Delirium. And it ended up being that Gates of Delirium crushed the others, but Mind Drive was actually a close second for a long period of time. And so, you know, again, that's another one where when you're building a set and you're playing one or two shows every other month, you know, there's only so many slots for a 20-minute song. And when you've just learned Gates of Delirium and you've played it in Jersey and you've played it in Boston and you've played it, you know, you haven't played it in Philly yet. It's like, well, how do you not bring yeah. the gates of delirium to Philly? So right. things take time to rotate, but our first set, I mean, it's the opposite of what we did in our last show where we pull things out. We pull things. I mean, 
Johnny Bruins is like, Joey, we haven't played, you know, yours is no disgrace in, in five gigs. And that hurts for a second. But, and then, you know, you realize that, you know, it's because we've also rotated in 20 other songs into <laughs> how we do our first set. And then, you know, our epics, people really, we haven't played them all in all of these places yet. So that's how we've done it. I mean, Joel, if you had two songs on your wish list, let's keep the game going. I'm having a blast here. What would your two songs be, Joel? Uh, I want to do out fly from here. Oh, oh. so so the, the fly from here, sweet. Yeah, the whole the just whole, listen whole, to that today. <laughs> or, or 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 at the very least, um, uh, the, the 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 track closer, um, uh, into the storm, which I thought was uh, you know it's a, that's a really good nice rock tune. Uh, it, it's weird because like I tend to gravitate towards the 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 uh, the not conventional lineups i was a huge fan of drama and i thought it was like wow this this is th this album has teeth in the same way that fragile had teeth you know and and you know you kind of get away from that and then you you know you got to remember that yes we're also a very good rock band and um so you know i t tend to gravitate towards uh you know the the moraz lineup was you know kind of schizophrenic and wild and then you know benoit they did they they actually did a fly from here with benoit which was sort of like you know drama part two um you know every time that they've they've had like a really oddball uh change of musicianship you know magnification included uh you know you really you get some really interesting music out of it and, and Joel, you brought up a point th the other night that we were scheduled to do fly from here for yes 50 and i forgot about this but fly from here because you mark and i had been rehearsing that we were going to do fly from here but then yes we're playing the single version of fly from here right and trevor horn was going to sing it we were like oh damn that's 20 minutes of music that we need to figure out what else to put there and by the way it can't be close to the edge right <laughs> right so that's cool. So you said fly uh, from here. You kind of said maybe into the storm, but what's your second fly from here and what? I think Joel's going to say, does it really happen? No, well, I was, no, I was, I, I went for into the lens. Ah, into but, the lens. I was close. Nice. But I, I will let you know, uh, I do, I, I have acquired um, in, in the last, I don't know, a year or so, uh, a, an actual Thunderbird bass. Ah. A left-handed one, no less. Ah. So, um, so yeah, I, I've been playing around with that, you know, just trying to, you know, I mean, I know, you know, and, and a couple of times Joey and I have, have jammed on it. It's really, really not easy to play on a Rickenbacker. It's not, I, it's, you know, you, you, because it's got the, uh, you know, it's got the pickup cover in the middle of the string. So you, you know, that's usually where you rest your hands. So there's really not as much play where you can meet the strings the way he does on that recording. But, you know, the Thunderbird is a completely different animal. I mean, everything's just kind of wide open. It's just a big plank of wood. And, um, and, and if yeah. it was, and if it was a right-handed version, then you'd probably just be like a blunt explorer. Or... Who <laughs> 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 yeah. wants that? I mean, seriously. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I often try, you know, when, when we started putting stuff with this band together, you know, we were talking about all these different directions that we wanted to go. And, um, you know, I, I've always had some really, you know, knock wood, pretty decent luck in finding, in, in finding, you know, gear, like used gear. Like a left-handed Chris Squire Rickenbacker bass? One of four? Yeah. That was, that was super, super duper, duper, duper serendipitous. You know, I mean, it was just like such a, such a random 
never would have expected that I would ever own one of those. I'll say it again. The future is now. The future. Well, I think yeah. now it's because you, there is no now. There's either recent past or just or or or, or only now. Future now is now, but then, but then, uh, then will become now again. But then, now becomes then. Our hosts are kind of scratching their their brains. <laughs> what did well, we get ourselves into? So we we definitely want the people listening to this. If you've made it this far in the podcast, <laughs> you know, uh, Paul, we need them sending in their their like wish list. You know, hopefully we get some feedback. You didn't ask me, me, mine, me, yeah, I, hey, yeah, I, me, 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 mine. Like All right, Johnny, like you're Max, up. I'm at, I'm at Max Headroom or something. <laughs> you have the floor, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I come from a more of the classic yes, you know, because that's I'm older. <laughs> you know, and that's what I had. I saw I saw as a teenager, I saw yes in the mid 70s, you know, in Philadelphia in 76. And I saw them at, at JFK. I saw I saw yes in the round. I saw them at the forum in L.A., um, and they were untouchable. And I just thought to myself, how do I get to that? You know, how is this possible? So it's kind of like, and it's a bad analogy, and I apologize, but kind of like being a pit. All you have to do is look up. But I, all I have to do is look forward. And with these guys playing with this particular group of, of enthusiastic youths, <laughs> they, uh, they they make me look forward. And I do. I'm, I'm not, and so... I like magnification. I think that would be great. Yeah. But I'm not going to forget who I am either. And so my second choice, go back to Yes songs. And uh, we haven't played Perpetual Change yet, man. Ooh. You know, with the drums, prerequisite. We've never played Perpetual Change. With the drum solo, Joey. The whole drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> if I do a drum solo, someone's got to be going to get me a beer in the meantime. Here's what's crazy, right? We all have like a, like a, it's like we're throwing a dart at a board. And if it lands on any of the numbers in the vicinity, like Joel said into the lens, but if it was, don't, if it was, does it really happen? It'd be like, Ooh, yeah, that one could be good too. Right. And you know, Oh, maybe it's magnification. Oh, but if it was in the presence of that would be great. I have the same problem right now because when I think about what do I really want to play? I really want to do tales from topographic oceans, but that is an investment to get right and it's not an unwillingness it's a logistics we need what i want to do is book a six to eight show tour and, and i mean there are there are eight city wineries maybe we're going to do eight city city wineries and play tales one day but i guess i have to narrow it down to two songs <laughs> and so i'm going to say that i would want to do the revealing science of god yeah. and ritual you know i was thinking of saying the remembering and the ancient but i don't want to get kicked in the shins <laughs> <laughs> It may interest you to know that I will be playing that on bass down at Prague on the Ranch, um, which is happening in early February. Big shout out to Bill and Devorah Goldman and the Crimson Sky Ranch. Uh, yes, yeah, going to be you know playing with uh, Tom Matlos from um, uh, the band Sound Chaser and uh, Jace Gray, who's the keyboard player in Shine Delirious. 
So it's going to be like, you know, a couple of, couple of Yes tribute guys on stage playing. Uh, Tell them we said hi. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about you the, the other day, Johnny, because like Jace. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know we, we had we had a really nice conversation i hadn't talked to him in a while so it was kind of cool um but uh he's still he's still ho holding out hope that we can do a shine delirious tmr kind of uh -huh. thing we'll see if that can happen i keep telling him I, I, I keep telling him it's not shine delirious if gordon's not out there playing guitar with him no seriously the great people john john giambalvo and i actually played revealing signs of god on uh Bruce's the edge in 2015 that's that's kind of like the first time that Joey and I started jamming with each other because like Joey was like, you know, hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do um, ritual together. So why don't we just get together and just play a bunch of yet you know play a bunch of the yes songs that we expect to be playing. Uh, he wound up playing close to the edge, so we played close to the edge. We played uh, ritual. We played. That's my favorite story. When we got on the boat. By the way, just for the record, uh, the palaver ran out of tape forty minutes ago. So, uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe, and Paul, you got to let us know if you know if we need to start wrapping this up. I'm gonna give you a thirty second story. When we got on the cruise to the edge, Rob Rutz came to me and he said, "Joe, listen, I know you know a lot of yes stuff, but somebody was supposed to play a bunch of yes tunes, and he's sick." And I said, "Okay." And this is like this is the second year of the jam. So people were practicing and rehearsing and getting ready. I was like, well, which songs do you need me to do? Cause you know, I haven't practiced them. And he said, well, close to the edge and you and I wonder stories and yours is no disgrace. And I said, well, who's playing on them? Cause you know, I am supposed to play ritual. And he's like, well, Joel's doing this and Rob Schmoll's doing that. I was like, oh, okay, we're good. You know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Had a couple of Stella's had some fun with it. I just want to add in one thing. Cause we, you know, we somehow we got on this track. Uh, from uh, Joel's left-handed uh, video, uh, you know, the, the comment about the video. And I, I, I just want to say we talked about this a couple of years ago uh, around the, the kitchen table post-show, and, and I think it bears repeating. I, I think, you know, I, I love the fact that you guys don't try to, you know, look, quote-unquote, you know, do the, the, that style of tribute. You know, it's whatever. People like to do that. That's fine. But the way that you guys play these songs, it, it has the energy of whatever you're channeling, whether it's whether it's the, the yes live show in Philadelphia in the round in the mid seventies, if it's if it's a show if it's from the um, open your eyes tour, whatever you guys are channeling, right? You guys channel the the energy that that people who love this music want to experience. And and that is my favorite part. If if you're if you're only ninety four percent Joe, it's kind of it's kind of gone right by me, right? Because when I experience you guys, it is it is the energy and the feel of your performance that I think brings and you know a a, tr a true tribute to this music. But really, um, it just it brings this music the way that I want to hear it live, and I think that is. Um, you know, if, if that's what I say to people when I say you gotta you gotta go to City Winery and um, and see these guys, Joel, I love your your left-handedness and uh. Uh, and the 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 feel that you guys bring to the show is what um is what Yes fans are after, and so I'm I'm excited for Sunday. Um, Paul, yes, can I just uh, say thank you for confirming the feelings that I identify in my own heart about these guys. And uh, I, I know it's, uh, you know, they're, but again, the name dropping, they're friends. 
but I've played with Chris. I've played with Alan. Yeah. So I know what that feels like. And this feels like that. Woo. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There you go. I'm going on record as, as saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel at home. You know? I, I am touched in a special place, man. That is, that means a lot, honestly. No, I, I celebrate um, the Chris and you. And so I miss him and I look at you and I go, yeah, his, his vibes got into this guy and they, and they took residence. Fact. Fact. I mean, it's, it, it sounds like a science fiction, a science fiction movie that Leonard Nimoy should be in, but darn it, I'm going to take it. Well, it's like Carl Sagan saying this, that spirituality and science can't be mutually exclusive. It does a disservice to both of them to say it. Well, well thank you, Paul. Appreciate the recognition on that. Yeah, and so I, I think at that point, I think this is probably good uh, a good place to wind this down since I do have to edit this and get it out in a very short period of time, which that'll be cool. This has to come with a warning label, though. A warning Pack label. your lunch, use the bathroom, and then start, <laughs> because uh, this is a long one, folks. <laughs> well. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate your friendship, your support, and we appreciate being part of the Palaver family. That's a fact. We very much appreciate you guys being uh, part of the Palaver family. And, and Johnny Bruins, welcome to the Palaver family. Very, uh, very happy to have you along. Very much looking forward to, um, you know, getting to, you know, at least say hi, maybe do a quick toast or whatever we have time for on Sunday. Whatever it is. Um, I'll probably have a Manhattan in my hand at that point, but whatever. <laughs> Go ahead, have a man with a hat on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that my my travel plans will allow me to actually be there. I think I'm traveling far enough away from the actual show that I, I don't foresee any problems. Um, but you know, with the with the American travel industry these days, you just never know. So Johnny, hope uh, hope you get there. Whoa! <laughs> <In time. laughs> Do it for spirit. Just stay away from those. Yeah. But uh, but very much, very much looking forward to this show um, for any of our listeners in the greater Philadelphia area who have thought about going but don't have your tickets yet. As uh, Joe Cass uh, recommended, go get your tickets if you can get them. Um, these, you know, this will be, I don't know how many times I've seen TMR. Um, and as Paul described it, it, it really does, you know, you guys are, are just spectacular in your energy, your delivery and capturing the, the essence of this music that we all love. So I am thrilled to death to pack my bag, um, get on a plane and look forward to seeing all of you gentlemen, plus the, uh, the other two on Sunday night. Excellent. That'd be great to see you. All right. Thanks guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. Which epic should TMR add to their set list in the future? You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at ProgPala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. 
Progressive Blair is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, or presumably wherever you find your podcast. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.